Welcome to the Byline Breakdown, the show where we go behind the headline and dig deeper into the stories affecting our region with the reporters telling them. Today we have with us the managing editor of the Business Journal, Dan O'Brien. Dan, how's it going? Hi, Mike. Hey. Great to be here. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Dan covers um, several beats for the Business Journal, and one of them is the electric vehicle industry, which brings us to Lordstown Motors. We were actually going to record this, our first podcast, last week, and we were all set to do it. And then what happened, Dan? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I we think were, it's kind of interesting we just just um, what happened and gives some, some insights into how... Uh, your reporter mind works. So could you tell us just kind of what happened and, and why it sort of set off some well, alarm bells? Like, sure, we were all set to do this podcast on Friday. And then when I happened to look at the bankruptcy docket, it showed that the auction had been postponed, auction of Lordstown Motors assets, that is, had right. been postponed till one o'clock. And of course, that ring some bells right there that something was probably in the works, whether a sale or some sort of transaction. Why? Well, because if they moved the date back from 1030 in the morning to 1 p.m., it means there's some discussion going on, probably. Now, if they moved it a couple of days and later or, or, or to this week or, or the following week, it, it would have probably said there's more leeway time and there's trying to get some bids in perhaps or what have you. But when they were going to postpone it to one o'clock, it seemed like there was something going on that day. So it would be best to launch this podcast the following week once all of the facts were out and the uh, situation unveiled itself. So your spidey sense went off. We didn't um, record the podcast because we thought, who knows what might happen? Exactly. And if you had given us maybe a million years, we would have never guessed that what happened would have happened. Yeah, an interesting, surprised an, us interest, all. an interesting twist, to say the least, in the Lordstown Motors saga. It turns out that Steve Burns, the CEO and founder of Lordstown Motors, former, the former CEO, CEO right. former CEO, excuse me, and founder of Lordstown Motors, uh, decided to buy it back or buy the assets back. And he submitted a bid that was uh, so far accepted, as for what I understand. Uh, the bankruptcy court still has to approve the sale, mind you. But he mm -hmm. and his new company, LAS Capital, has purchased or placed a bid to purchase Lordstown Motors' assets for $10 million. And it uh, really is this completing a circle that started in 2019 with the establishment of Lordstown Motors, the purchase of the Lordstown plant, and uh, now uh, Mr. Burns buying the assets back up. So why? <laughs> that's, what is going well, on with that that's whole That's a thing. good question as to what he's going to do with it. But right. LAS Capital uh, is, is, is obviously it's a, a, a firm that has equity investments in the EV space. But what and, assets could he be buying? Well, he's well, well, he's buying a battery line in Lordstown. Okay, that, that's, that that was still uh, Lordstown Motors uh, had owned that still, even after the sale to Foxconn. 
Mm-hmm. So Lordstown Motors retained a battery production line as well as a wheel hub motor line, too. Uh, he is also going to purchase any other endurance trucks that had been manufactured or in the process of being manufactured. Uh, so those are physical assets that uh, LAS Capital will have under their belt. So that fits sort of into what LAS Capital is doing. They've got equity interest, as I said, in the EV space. In this case, three companies that they have right, right now. And uh, Burns seems to think that this will just fit snugly into what they're doing overall in the uh, EV market. So we'll wait and see, I guess. So is his thinking that he's going to take these lines somewhere else and use them to manufacture these other products for these other three companies? I, I don't know exactly, but it could provide for the basis of a whole new company or Lordstown Motors <laughs> second time around. I, I, right. I'm not quite sure what his business intentions are. He hasn't really made that clear, but it could serve as the basis, uh, like again, a ground floor for a whole different company to produce other EVs. Right. Well, let's take a quick break and then let's uh, let's kind of talk about the the beginnings of Lordstown Motors and and how that started and how we got to where we are today. So we'll be right back after this quick break. Attention all business enthusiasts in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. The Business Journal has been your trusted partner since 1984, giving insights, updates and fostering growth in your region. From Mahoning to Mercer, from Columbiana to Lawrence, we've got you covered. For just $10 a month or $99 a year, unlock our digital troves or get both print and digital for only $99 a year. Make the smart business choice. Subscribe now. We're back with uh, Dan O'Brien. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about the establishment of Lore Sound Motors, kind of how it came about as a result of General Motors um, closing its Lordstown manufacturing plant. Yes, it or at begin- least the opportunity yes, that was there. Yeah, well, sure. It begins really in March of 2019 when, uh, Lord, when uh, General Motors decided to cancel the production of the Chevrolet Cruze at the Lordstown assembly plant. The last Cruze is going to roll off the line in March of 2019. Effectively, effectively, really neutralizing that plant, uh, and they weren't going to reactivate that plant. So the only option was to sell it. Um, and uh, this is when uh, Steve Burns cobbled together some investors, formed Lordstown Motors Corporation, and pitched GM with this idea of building the first EV commercial grade pickup in the market. And for fleets, right? yes, yeah, yeah. This is going to be initially. It was it was going to be targeted for commercial fleets, and still is, uh, not for the consumer market per se. So the idea sat with General Motors. Uh, General Motors liked it. Uh, they thought it was a, a good way to repurpose the plant for what would be the future of the auto industry, right? An EV pickup. Um, However, uh, it's a it's a big plant, <laughs> you know. It's well, six say, million GM square feet. Hedged its bets a little bit um, with leaving some 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 giving itself a little leeway to perhaps purchase 
parts back, some of the land surrounding it. Yeah, there were uh, um, mortgage documents to that effect. Uh, what General Motors ended up doing was effectively lending Lordstown Motors $40 million, $20 million of which was used to purchase the plant, and another mm. $20 million was to help retool it in preparation for production of this new pickup truck called the Endurance. The, um, uh, the, the reasoning behind that was GM felt it was necessary to give them some seed money to get them going. And uh, when the company did go public later on in 2020, General Motors ended up getting an equity stake in Lordstown Motors as a result of that $40 million that it had already lent uh, Lordstown Motors, plus another um, uh, cash in, infusion as well. So uh, General Motors got an equity stake in Lordstown Motors at its inception. So we have Lordstown Motors purchasing this plant. Right. It's a big plant, 6 million square feet, and not much product in there at the moment. That's right. much design going on right now. So there's a lot of questions as to when this is going to ramp up, how this is going to ramp up. Uh, they were out trying to raise money. They were trying to, uh, uh, you know, get at least uh, half a billion dollars, uh, I believe was the target. They needed about $500 million. Maybe they could have done it for a little less. We don't know. But uh, that, was the in, that was the initiative underway early on. And then it looked as if um, that, that wasn't going to pan out to go through the traditional markets and investors. That's where Diamond Peak comes in? <clears throat> right, with right. With the SPAC? Yes, and it, it was then decided that the best way to move into public... It, so they go public. So, so yeah, well, so, so it appeared that They're they weren't getting the investment numbers that, they, that yeah. they thought they would. And so as other EV startups had done, uh, they were negotiating with a special purpose acquisition company or a SPAC. And these are essentially called blank check companies. They're already public. Mm -hmm. And uh, the objective is to go seek out a company merge with that company, immediately taking that company public. So in this case, the SPAC was Diamond Peak Holdings Corporation. Uh, they thought that the EV market was red hot at the moment, that this could really bring some interest uh, from investors, and certainly the public appetite was it, at the time was going very, very strong. And uh, hence the merger between Lordstown Motors and Diamond Peak which was announced in August of 2020, and it was eventually completed in October of 2020 when they eventually were listed on NASDAQ. And things go fairly well at first. The stock price is... Stock price... Stock price... It's not bad. It's... Yeah. Through the roof. There's a lot of excitement. I mean, it, I mean it, it goes from about $10 per share to... Uh, by February or so is knocking on $30 a share. Mm -hmm. So it, it rose precipitously. There's no question about that. And it did signal an interest in the buying public out there for uh, the EV market. And they thought that the endurance being sold as a, uh, as the first all electric commercial fleet truck 
would be a perfect opportunity to get in on the ground floor. But there were there were a couple of there were a couple of issues that started to to arise. Um, one of them was there was some competition for becoming that first that first person to lock down the fleet market. Right. So they were in a bit of a race. Right. And as of yet, they didn't have a product. No, they, they well, they they, they didn't. I mean, they, they, they they had a prototype. They had a prototype. Stuff like that. They right. had test vehicles. Of yeah. course, one that caught fire in, in January of 2020, in, right. 2021, excuse me, in Michigan. Uh, but uh, the, the, the issue came out, of course, in March, shortly, right, shortly after you go, you're going to see Lordstown Motors stock price peak. And that is the issuance of a short seller report known as the Hindenburg Report. Well, I was going to say, yeah. what, what really started, that was kind of the, the thing that really started the the decline and, yeah. and then some of the issues with the pre-orders also. Right. Well, they had been saying that there were 100,000 pre-orders or so right. of the endurance. And um, there was some question as the, to the validity of those statements. And uh, it was the Hindenburg Report that came out in March of 2021 that uh, called into question all of these estimates, all of these predictions, whether or not they were even accurate. Are you even making a product there at the moment? Uh, what sort of financing have you raised? You know, the the merger created a $600 million plus dollar uh, right, capital raise right then and there with a number of partners, including General Motors, including Workhorse, who was also an early investor in, in Lordstown Motors. Uh, but uh, it's the Hindenburg report that called a lot of this into question and had some pretty damning testimonials from people who had said they'd never placed an order for this. They were under any sort of... Uh, um, contract to buy anything. And so they called into question whether or not these were actual pre-orders or letters of interest. And when you're dealing with public securities, uh, it could get kind of dicey if you're not right. clear as to what you mean by this. And that's the problem that Lordstown Motors found itself in by March of 2021. Um, secondly, uh, in February, uh, the Securities Exchange Commission launched an inquiry requesting documents related to not only the pre-orders, but also the SPAC merger in general. So a couple things happen here. You've got a, a hypercritical report from Hindenburg Research. And at the same time, you have an investigation kicked off by the SEC. Uh, that's not disclosed until March, I believe, uh, in, a, in an SEC filing uh, or a conference call. I can't remember which came first, but nevertheless, it it doesn't it doesn't do well for the stock price thereafter, and it never right. rebounds. To be honest with you, we see peaks and valleys certainly. Uh, but uh, that report is a turning point, I think, in the company and the confidence of investors as to whether or not this company could actually survive. Uh, it needs to raise capital. It needs uh, financing in order to manufacture uh, product. I, I mean, you have to place this also into perspective that establishing a startup auto company is hard. <laughs> okay, it's... It, 
it's nearly impossible in some cases. Which starting I starting was, and Steve Burns said so. And, yeah, I, yeah, was, right. I was in the conference room when he said that to yeah. the the room full of reporters. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, and starting an EV company is right. equally as challenging since a lot of this is new technology. It hasn't been really tried and true before, especially what Lordstown Motors was doing with its uh, wheel hub motors and little bit different than anything else that was on the market at the time so it it, it was a uh, you know herculean wait, herculean herculean <laughs> excuse me That's it was right. a herculean task from the very beginning right and you know investors uh, should have realized that and, and i think many of them uh, to an extent may have jumped in too early and as the problems arise with Lordstown Motors, that window of opportunity to be first to market with that EV truck dwindles. And that's when you have the major OEMs like Ford announcing theirs, General Motors announcing their trucks. They've got deep pockets. They can make mm -hmm. these faster. They can make them more efficiently. And so now Lordstown Motors is in a race to compete, and that's uh, and that was an issue. You know, they, they probably had a shot at it uh, had it not unraveled the way it did. But unfortunately, you know, you've got these uh, larger automakers, these legacy automakers, who have deep pockets who can pull this off uh, much quicker and, and with much more efficiency than Lordstown Motors could. Join us next Thursday when we'll dive into the circumstances leading to the resignation of Steve Burns and his surprise return on September 29th when Lordstown Motors agreed to sell its assets to LAS Capital, of which Burns is a majority equity holder for $10 million. Thank you for listening to The Byline Breakdown. I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map. So why navigate the business world of Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.